Chapter 16 of The Nibelungenlied. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Catherine. The Nibelungenlied, translated by Daniel B. Shumway. Chapter 16 How Siegfried Was Slain. Gunther and Hagen, the passing bold knights, faithfully let cry a hunting in the woods, that with sharp spears they would hunt boars and bears and bison. What might be braver? With them rode Siegfried in lordly guise. Many kinds of victual did they take along. At a cool spring he later lost his life. The witch Brunhild, King Gunther's wife, had counseled. The bold knight then went to where he found Kriemhild, his costly hunting garb and those of his fellowship were already bound upon the sumpters, for they would cross the Rhine. Never could Kriemhild have been more sorrowful. He kissed his love upon her mouth. God, let me see thee, lady, still in health, and grant that thine eyes may see me too. Thou shalt have pastime with thy loving kinsman. I may not stay at home." Then she thought of the tale she had told to Hagen, though she durst not say a whit. The noble queen began to rue that she was ever born. Lord Siegfried's wife wept out of measure. She spake to the knight, Let be your hunting. I had an evil dream last night how two wild boars did chase you across the heath. Then flowers grew red. I have in truth great cause to weep so sore. I be much adread of sundry plans, and whether we have not misserved some who might bear us hostile hate. Tarry here, dear my lord, that I counsel by my troth. He spake, Dear love, I'll come back in a few short days. I wot not here of people who bear me aught of hate. Each and all of thy kinsmen be my friends, nor have I deserved it other of the knights. No, no, Sir Siegfried, in truth I fear thy fall. I had last night an evil dream, how two mountains fell upon thee. I saw thee never more. It doth cut me to the heart that thou wilt part from me. In his arms he clasped his courteous wife and kissed her tenderly. Then in a short space he took his leave and parted hence. Alas, she never saw him in health again. Then they rode from thence into a deep wood for pastime's sake. Many bold knights did follow Gunther and his men, but Girnot and Giselher stayed home. Many laden sumpters were sent before them across the Rhine, the which bare for the hunting fellowship, bread and wine, meat and fish, and great store of other things which so mighty a king might rightly have. They bade the proud huntsman and bold halt before a green wood over against the courses of the game, upon a passing broad glade where they should hunt. The king was told that Siegfried too was come. The hunting fellowship now took their stand on every side. Then the bold knight, the sturdy Siegfried, asked, Ye heroes bold and brave, who shall lead us to the game within the wood? Let us part, spake Hagen ere we begin the chase, thereby my lords and I may know who be the best hunter on this woodland journey. Let us divide the folk and hounds, and let each turn whithersoever he list. 
he who doth hunt the best shall have our thanks short time the huntsman bided by another after that then spake lord siegfried i need no dogs save one brock that hath been trained that he can tell the track of the beasts through the pine woods quoth kriemhild's husband we'll find the game then an old huntsman took a good sleuth hound and in a short space brought the lord to where many beasts were found whatso rose from its lair the comrades hunted as good hunters still are wont to do whatever the brock started bold siegfried the hero of netherland slew with his hand his horse did run so hard that none escaped him in the chase he gained the prize above them all doughty enough he was in all things the beast which he slew with his hands was the first a mighty boar after which he found full soon a monstrous lion when the brock started this from its lair he shot it with his bow in which he had placed a full sharp arrow after the shot the lion ran the space of but three bounds the hunting fellowship gave siegfried thanks thereafter he speedily slew a bison and an elk four strong ur oxen and a savage shelk his horse bare him so swiftly that naught escaped him, nor could heart nor hind avoid him. Then the sleuth-hound found a mighty boar. When he began to flee, at once there came the master of the hunt, and encountered him upon his path. Wrathfully the boar did run against the valiant hero, but Kriemhild's husband slew him with his sword. Another huntsman might not have done this deed so lightly. When he had felled him, they leashed the sleuth-hound. His rich booty was soon well known to the Burgundian men. Then spake his huntsman, Sir Siegfried, if might be so, let us leave a deal of the beasts alive. Ye'll empty both our hill and woods to-day. At this the brave knight and a bold gan smile. Then the calls of men and the baying of hounds were heard on every side. So great was the noise that both hill and pine woods echoed with the sound. The huntsman had let loose full four and twenty packs. Then passing many beasts must needs lose their lives. Each man weaned to bring it to pass that men should give him the prize of the hunt. That might not be, for the stalwart Siegfried was already standing by the fire. The chase was over and yet not quite. Those who would to the campfire brought with them thither hides of many beasts and game in plenty. Ho, oh, how much the king's mani bare then to the kitchen. Then bade the king announce to the huntsman that he would dismount. A horn was blown full loud just once, that all might know that one might find the noble prince in camp. Spake then one of Siegfried's huntsmen, My lord, I heard by the blast of a horn that we must now hie us to the quarters. I'll now give answer. Thus by many blasts of horns they asked about the hunters. Then spake Sir Siegfried, Now let us leave the pine wood. His steed bare him smoothly, and with him they hasted hence. With their route they started up a savage beast, a wild bear it was. Quoth then the knight to those behind, I'll give our fellowship a little pastime. Let loose the brock. Forsooth I spy a bear which shall journey with us to the camp. Flee he never so fast he shall not escape us. The brock was loosed, the bear sprang hence. Kriemhild's husband would fain overtake him. He reached a thicket where none could follow. 
the mighty beast weaned now to escape from the hunter with his life but the proud knight and a good leaped from his steed and began to chase him the bear was helpless and could not flee away at once the hero caught it and bound it quickly with not a wound so that it might neither scratch nor bite the men the doughty knight then tied it to his saddle and horsed him quickly through his overweening mood the bold warrior and a good brought it to the campfire as a pastime in what lordly wise he rode to the quarters mickle was his boar-spear strong and broad a dainty sword hung downward to his spurs the lord bare also a fair horn of ruddy gold never heard i tell of better hunting weeds one saw him wear a coat of black and silky cloth and a hat of sable rich enough it was ho what costly bands he wore upon his quiver a panther's skin was drawn over it for its sweet fragrance's sake he bare a bow which any but the hero must needs draw back with a windlass and he would bend it his vesture was beferred with otter skin from head to toe from the bright fur shone out on both sides of the bold master of the hunt many a bar of gold baumung he also bare a good broad sword that was so sharp that it never failed when twas wielded gainst a helmet its edge was good in high spirits was the lordly huntsman sith i must tell you all the tale his costly quiver was full of goodly darts the heads a full hand's breadth on golden shafts what he pierced therewith must needs die soon thus the noble knight rode hence in hunter's garb gunther's men espied him coming and ran out to meet him and took his horse in charge on his saddle he carried a large bear and a strong when he had dismounted he loosed the bonds from feet and snout those of the pack bayed loudly that spied the bear the beast would to the woods the serving folk had fear dazed by the din the bear made for the kitchen ho how he drove the scullions from the fire many a kettle was upset and many a firebrand scattered ho what good victual men found lying in the ashes then the lordings and their liegemen sprang from their seats the bear grew furious and the king bade loose the pack that lay in leashed had all sped well they would have had a merry day no longer the doughty men delayed but ran for the bear with bows and pikes there was such press of dogs that none might shoot but from the people's shouts the whole hill rang the bear began to flee before the dogs none could follow him but kriemhild's husband who caught and slew him with his sword then they bore the bear again to the fire those that saw it averred he was a mighty man men bade now the proud hunting fellowship seat them at the tables upon a fair mead there sat a goodly company ho what rich viands they bear there to the noble huntsman the butlers who should bring the wine delayed else might never heroes have been better served had they not been so falsely minded then had the knights been free of every blame now the lord siegfried spake me wondereth since men do give us such great store from the kitchen why the butlers bring us not the wine unless men purvey the hunters better i'll be no more your hunting fellow i have well deserved that they regard me too the king addressed him from his seat with guile we fain would do you remedy of what we lack it is hagen's fault who is willed to let us die of thirst then spoke hagen 
dear my lord i weened that the hunt should be in the spessart wood therefore sent i thither the wine though we may not drink to-day how well will i avoid this in the future at this lord siegfried spake small thanks you'll get for that one should have brought me hither seven sumpters load of mead and mulled wine if that might not be then men should have placed our benches nearer to the rhine then spake hagen of tronig ye noble knights and bold i wot near by a good cold spring let us go thither that ye wax not wroth to the danger of many a night was this counsel given the pangs of thirst now plagued the warrior siegfried he bade the tables be borne away the sooner for he would go to the spring in the mountains with false intent the counsel was then given by the knights they bade the game which siegfried's hand had slain be carried home on wains whoever saw it gave him great loud hagen of tronig now foully broke his troth to siegfried when they would hence to the broad linden he spake it hath oft been told me that none can keep pace with kriemhild's husband when he be minded for to race ho oh, if he would only let us see it here bold siegfried from netherland then answered ye can well test that and ye will run a race with me to the spring when that is done we can give the prize to him who winneth so let us try it then quoth hagen the knight spake the sturdy siegfried then will i lay me down on the green sward at your feet how lief it was to gunther when he heard these words then the bold knight spake again i'll tell you more i'll take with me all my trappings my spear and shield and all my hunting garb around him he quickly girded his quiver and his sword then they drew the clothes from their limbs men saw them stand in two white shifts like two wild panthers through the clover they ran but men spied bold siegfried first at the spring in all things he bare away the prize from many a man quickly he ungirt his sword and laid aside his quiver and leaned the stout spear against a linden bough the lordly stranger now stood by the flowing spring passing great was siegfried's courtesy he laid down his shield where the spring gushed forth but the hero drank not albeit he thirsted sore until the king had drunk who gave him evil thanks cool clear and good was the spring gunther stooped down then to the flowing stream and when he had drunken straightened up again bold siegfried would fain also have done the same but now he paid for his courtesy hagen bare quite away from him both bow and sword and bounded then to where he found the spear then he looked for the mark on bold siegfried's coat as lord siegfried drank above the spring he pierced him through the cross so that his heart's blood spurted from the wounds almost on hagen's clothes never more will hero do so foul a deed hagen left the spear a sticking in his heart and fled more madly than he ever in the world had run from any man when lord siegfried felt the mighty wound up from the spring he started in a rage from betwixt his shoulder-blades a long spear-shaft towered he weened to find his bow or his sword and then had hagen been repaid as he deserved but when the sorely wounded hero found no trace of his sword then had he naught else but his shield this he snatched from the spring and ran at hagen nor could king gunther's man escape him albeit he was wounded unto death yet he smote so mightily that a plenty of precious stones were shaken from the shield 
the shield itself burst quite apart fain would the lordly stranger have avenged him now was hagen fallen to the ground at his hands and from the force of the blow the glade rang loudly had he had a sword in hand then had it been hagen's death so sore enraged was the wounded man forsooth he had good cause thereof his hue grew pale he could not stand his strength of body melted quite away for in bright colours he bore the signs of death thereafter he was bewailed by fair dames enough kriemhild's husband fell now among the flowers fast from his wounds his blood was seen to gush he began to rail as indeed he had great cause at those who had planned this treacherous death the deadly wounded spake forsooth ye evil cowards what avail my services now that ye have slain me this is my reward that i was always faithful to you alas ye have acted ill against your kinsmen those of them who are born in after days will be disgraced ye have avenged your wrath too sore upon me with shame shall ye be parted from all good warriors the knights all ran to where he lay slain for enough of them it was a hapless day he was bewailed by those who had aught of loyalty and this the brave and lusty knight had well deserved the king of the burgundians bemoaned his death quoth the deadly wounded there is no need that he should weep who hath done the damage he doth merit mickle blame it had been better left undone then spake the fierce hagen forsooth i wot not what ye now bewail all our fear and all our woe have now an end we shall find scant few who dare withstand us now well is me that to his rule i have put an end ye may lightly boast you siegfried then replied had i wist your murderous bent i had well guarded my life against you none doth rue me so sore as lady kriemhild my wife now may god have pity that i ever had a son to whom the reproach will be made in after days that his kindred have slain a man with murderous intent if i might so spake siegfried i should rightly make complaint of this piteously the deadly wounded spake again noble king if ye will keep your troth to any in the world then let my dear love be commended to your grace and let it avail her that she be your sister for the sake of your princely courtesy protect her faithfully my father and my men must wait long time for me never was woman sorer wounded in a loving friend the flowers on every side were wet with blood with death he struggled but not for long sit the sword of death had cut him all too sorely then the lusty warrior and a brave could speak no more when the lordlings saw that the knight was dead they laid him on a shield of ruddy gold and took counsel how they might conceal that hagen had done the deed enough of them spake ill hath it gone with us ye must all hide it and aver alike that robbers slew kriemhild's husband as he rode alone a-hunting through the pine-wood then hagen of tronig spake i'll bring him home i care not if it be known to her for she hath saddened brunhild's heart little doth it trouble me however much she weep End of chapter 16 Recording by Catherine